Hello, this is Angelica Yingst, and you're listening to Centered, Grounded Conversations About the Metaphysical. It's Angelica Yingst with your June 2022 Tarot and Earth Medicine reading. So I'm only a couple days early with this reading, but I've been working on it for a couple weeks because I was so ready to get out of the shit show that was May. And maybe shit show is too strong of a word, but the eclipses of May really brought to light a lot of darkness. And I think on a global and community level, we could see this in the news. You know, there was some darkness of our society coming out, you know, with the mass shootings that happened, you know, two days after the uh, full lunar eclipse. And then, you know, last week, um, I think we have to reckon with what that means. You know, we're looking at the way May and what was going on astrologically brought up old wounds. And it certainly is an old wound for all of us that live in the United States to think about the violence that happens uh, with our boys, you know, two 18-year-olds. How do we deal with this? Um, And I don't really want to get into the politics, but um, on a private level, you know, we were all reckoning with shadow. Old wounds coming back, you know, revealing true motives of uh, people, institutions, uh, bosses, you know, that we thought were different. So, you know, I have some good news about June. It's not May. <laughs> so we're moving into June in Gemini, which is not only my rising sign, but the sign that really embraces curiosity, change, uh, the the search for wisdom. Um, it's an extroverted sign, so it's uh, it's a little different than that energy of May, which was very internal, you know. And I was urging you in May not to act out of shadow, not to let shadow um, or that inner wounded child drive your bus. And so in June, we're looking at a much more creative, stimulating adventure. Um, Gemini really craves, it's almost hyper-communicative. And if you've ever been around me, just think of that. (laughs) I talk a lot, you know, and what I'm doing is exploring in communication. I like to talk about all the things, you know, and I also have ADHD. So that neurodivergent part of me is like, and squirrel and, you know, feather. And let me tell you the history of this. And, you know, I am all over the place. And Gemini loves that curiosity. It really is um, stimulating and creative. And that's going to be a huge theme for us with the Earth Medicine and Tarot this month is the creativity of this time. So we're asking to kind of dig deep. And when I talk about creativity, and I know I say this every time I even mention the word creativity, but a lot of people are like, oh, that doesn't apply to me. I'm not an artist. But creativity is really how we approach problems. You know, are we looking at things very linearly and very logically and very like one way? You know, have you ever 
like tried to use a metaphor with someone who looks at things and you know they're they're unable to kind of get out of that really 2D way of looking at things everything's flat and and obvious and and logical and it just like very very literal and it, it can be really frustrating when you're someone who's creative and uses a lot of metaphor and analogy and things like that so this is the kind of energy it's the roundabouts not literal okay it's uh creative so this Gemini energy is going to be difficult, you know, and was difficult kind of in that May energy where the eclipses were happening and we're in shadowy because we have this craving of communication and then we pull back. We have to pull back because Mercury was in retrograde. Now, Mercury is stationing direct on the 3rd of June. So that brings with us some new energy around communication we can start moving forward gemini is very social the new moon is not so social so you know we're kind of ending may and going into june in this new moon energy so you can kind of scratch both itches here by sending a, a text instead or an email or a dm and just start with love grace and kindness this isn't the time to send that nasty email, text, or DM, but to kind of, you know, if you're feeling like you want to be social and express yourself and yet are worried about Mercury being in retrograde, then just start with just reaching out to the loved ones that you have, saying positive things. So we are starting off June by coming out of this new moon in Gemini, which is, you know, that introverted time. And then we move into the beautiful shift of Mercury from retrograde to direct on the third. Mercury retrograde hit hard this year, specifically because it was during eclipses. And eclipses are difficult times because we tend to learn our lessons in eclipse time by making a lot of mistakes, which is, is painful because we're acting out of our character defaults. So um, it's interesting what happened during this Mercury retrograde. I went to the market the one day and I had this like very small window of time to like go to the market, pick up prescriptions, get everything done. I walk in there, I get in line at the pharmacy and there's, you know, one person in front of me and yet it took forever. And I should have known that something was going on because the pharmacist, left the pharmacy booth with like the window thing open you know I'm like anybody could go reach over right um but what happened was all the credit card machines went down in the supermarket and in the pharmacy but all the other things were working so you could pay with cash so and this is kind of such a wonderful metaphor for the way it was showing up in May, this Mercury retrograde and eclipse season, which is like, you can do things, but you only have one way of doing them, you know? And so most of us don't carry cash anymore. Now I happen to have cash, but uh, so many of us don't. So there's this huge line at the ATM, which is backing up and people are getting mad. Someone's taking too long, checking their account balance, doing this. It was just like, you know, a shit show. And then the later, so I had this small window and I just like, okay, I'm just going to go shopping. I think I have enough money. And um, I just shopped and, 
I uh, went back to the pharmacy and when I got there, they're like, yeah, no, it's not up yet, but we think it should be up in a minute or two. And I was like, all right, I'll pay you in cash. Literally down to like 50 cents. I had, I, they gave me back 50 cents and that was all my money. So now I have this basket of groceries wondering, are, is the credit card machine going to be up? And I don't have even 10 more minutes to spare before I have to go to a meeting. So I got in line, I paid, and they're like, you know, the credit card machine's back up. Now, I think it's like a good thing to kind of practice sometimes think about these little things that happen to us in our day that end up becoming a metaphor, right? It's like, I gave myself this really small window. I did not give myself any wiggle room. And I trusted that all would be resolved and it would be okay. You know why? Because I have once gone to the market and forgot my wallet. And when I did, I said, oh man, I forgot my wallet. And they said, you know what, we'll hold your groceries right here. And it was awesome. I could go home, get my wallet, come back. And I figured, you know, what would happen? I would go home, get some cash, do my uh, meeting, and go back and pick up my groceries. So, you know, all I'm saying is, you know, sometimes these lessons are bigger spiritual lessons, even though they're they're stupid, you know, the, the credit card machine went down at the supermarket because Mercury retrograde. It's funny because the same issue happened at the bookstore later that day. And I was thinking, am I the one shorting out all the cash registers? <laughs> you know, am I the drama? Um, but you can use Mercury retrograde. You can use these retrograde times for self-reflection. So when you're thinking about what's happening during retrograde, what came up, what did you discover? What did you want to act out of? What can you use moving forward? In what ways did old you, wounded you, wounded child come back to haunt the present? And in what ways are the new you driving the bus? I saw a lot of this with my clients and friends. And, you know, that was interesting too, because what came up for me when they were going through things like betrayal and feeling let down and getting rageful and angry was that my instinct, my codependency instinct was activated like almost all month. Like to really get out of self, all I wanted to do was fight their battles for them. I wanted to call the person, tell them what, uh, you know what they were. I wanted to uh, talk about it, spread stories, do that stuff. I didn't do any of it. I tried to be a good friend and listen and support and validate where I could and challenge where that was, you know, when that wasn't working, then challenge some assumptions. But the truth is, you know, we all had our stuff. I'm in recovery. And in recovery, we often talked about being on the beam or off the beam. And when we're off the beam, we're acting in ways that reflect our fear, insecurity, shame, and guilt. On the beam, we're letting our wisdom lead. And so June asks us to focus on the beam, you know, to focus staying on the beam. And, you know, that phrase being on the beam, when I first heard that, I was thinking it was like a gymnastics term because I was a gymnast growing up and being on the beam, um, you know, it's it's a thin beam that we're on. But actually, it, it comes from the um, the early 20th century. I shouldn't say the early, it's like the 40s, the 30s, the 40s. 
and it was like a uh, aviator term to follow the correct course because um beams the radio beams were used in navigation so the pilots couldn't see where they were landing this this was a blind landing aid there was a two directional there was two directional radio signals that would be aimed slightly to the right and to the left of the runways midline and so the radio operators and the aircraft would listen for signals to determine which of the beams they were flying in and so this was how and there would be morse code signals to identify right and left and so in this way like they would um, they wouldn't be able to see where they were landing they had to use other senses and it was you know that unseen um, gut intuitive way of landing when we do soul work, we're often blind. We don't know where we're trying even to land. All we know is we don't want to be in the ocean. <laughs> I always imagine this happening on an aircraft carrier. But we don't want to be on or off the, you know, we don't want to be off the beam in either direction. So, you know, a lot of times we have to check in with this unseen force, prayer, meditation, our higher power, our spiritual advisor. Do you have a spiritual advisor? Do you even know what that means? In recovery, we have sponsors. And we think of them as our spiritual advisor because they're the ones telling us and guiding us into our soul work. So we need to bounce our messages off those forces, you know, ask God. Do muscle testing. Ask our guides. Ask our spiritual advisor. I use prayer and meditation every day. I use my closest friends. I call them to check in. Dude, am I way off base here? And by the way, I call everyone dude. So, um, But what do you use? How do you know when you're off the beam? We don't always know. We have to check in. So reflection and journaling is a really good way to like be able to look back and determine uh, when you were on or off the beam. So Mars is in the sign of Aries and that happened May 24. So Mars is the planet of action and drive and ambition and energy. And it really empowers us to pursue our personal goals and ambitions and put us first. So Mars tends to have and Aries has this reputation of having aggressive energy, but really what it is is to like go after what we want, you know, when channeled correctly, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a great place to get shizzled done. So, you know, we're eager to take the lead and to strike out on our own. So it's a really important time to think about who we are and, and what we're ready to do. And that'll continue all of July, all of June and into like July 5th is when it changes. So um, the beginning of June, we are dealing with uh, Mercury retrograde shadow after the third when it goes direct. We still have that shadow period that's about eight days after that. Um, so, you know, but we can really be in forward motion. Another big day is June 4th. Um, and that's when Saturn goes into retrograde. And Saturn really brings this idea of like authority and authority figures and the rules and all of that stuff. So we're really looking at big changes in terms of um, things that we thought were set in stone. So it's, it's great. The 
next big thing is the 14th of June is the full moon in Sagittarius. And again, another fire sign energy. So, you know, one of the things about Sagittarius is Sagittarius is very curious. It is like the world traveler. And it really is a wonderful full moon energy because it brings with it curiosity and awe and, and wisdom, like the searching for wisdom. And then the sun moves into Cancer June 21st, which is also the summer solstice. Great time for setting intentions and really, you know, our our goals for the next six months until winter solstice can start to be thought about. So think, start thinking like, okay, the beginning of June, I'm going to start to think about what goals I have for the next six months and then doing rituals, ceremony, whatever it is that you connect with on June 21st to really move into that goal period, because this is a doing time. When I talk about all the fire, and we do have air in Gemini, but I mean that fire stuff, and we see a lot of fire in our earth medicine. Um, we're really talking about doing, getting things done. And this is a great time to start that work when we're right in that real sunny, fiery area of the medicine wheel, of the wheel of the year. You know, all of it is kind of lining up. So by the time the new moon arrives in June on the 28th, we're ready to like plant those seeds and do what's going to happen for the next six months. Also, um, Venus goes into her home zodiac sign of Taurus from the 28th of May until June 22nd. And this is really a wonderful time. Great situation for you to really bring forth some passion and romance and all of that stuff. So if that's something you're interested in, awesome. It's also a really creative time. So working with creative stuff is, is good. So um, I think that's about it. We do want to kind of talk about the new moon in Cancer on the 28th. So new moons are really great, you know, for setting intention and everything. But one of the things that you'll see is that this is going to resonate with the full moon in January, which will be the full moon in Cancer. So you can kind of think of that six month period as being like a cycle from Cancer new moon to Cancer full moon. And um, so I think it's great to think about what are you going to root right now because this is a planting season. Um, okay, let's talk about the tarot of the month. Last year, 2021, we had mostly all major arcana cards. And so 2022, we've been really seeing the minor arcana come out and want to show themselves. Um, and so the major arcana deal with big spiritual kind of issues because they're archetypes. So they kind of come in. We all know what the mother means and the father and the teacher and, you know, the lovers. And these are times in our lives that produce huge emotional and spiritual shifts. Now, when we deal with minor arcana cards, they focus on the self and daily life and the day by day. So the minor kind of, they sometimes get like a, uh, oh, that's just a little issue. But honestly, what makes up the most of your life is minor kind of issues. Work, relationships, you know, projects, your job, you know, all those things 
are your day-to-day. -day. So this month I pulled a minor arcana. I pulled the three of wands. Now, if you've been listening to me around tarot, or if you've taken one of my classes, you know that the two and three of wands are maybe my least favorite cards. Why? Because I've always thought they were kind of ambiguous. It's just a dude standing with a couple of sticks. And however you want to see them, they have very similar energy. And, you know, the last year or two, I've been warming up to them a little more. So I knew when it came this month, I couldn't reshuffle and pick another card. I just had to deal with this and really think about what it is I would want to share with you about the medicine of the three of wands. And I can't really talk about the three until I talk about the two because they do have very similar iconography. The tarot is a story, okay? The major arcana, we even call that the fool's journey where he goes through the entire majors. But every suit also has a story. And in the wands, the story is of fire and creative energy. So the first uh, match is lit in the ace. And then you see this man in the two, who's clearly quite wealthy. He is holding the world in his hand. He's standing on his, basically like his castle top. And he is standing between two wands. Now we often think of those two wands as the uh, past and the present. So he's looking at like, what was the success um, in the past? And what am I ready to move to the future? And he's holding like what he's looking off. Now in this card, he's looking off to the left, but the idea is that he's looking towards the future. I've always used the left as the past. So this is why I find these, cards a little difficult because they have ambiguous uh, images to me. They're just sort of like wishy-washy. But the idea here, and most terrorists agree, that he is standing between two options. He's figuring out his move. And he's the middle one. He's in the present. So he is kind of looking at the past, which he's holding on to, and it's very safe. And then the future is what's the unknown. So he's choosing between safety and adventure, home and exploration. Big money versus like getting a paycheck at the end. Of <laughs> so he has all this possibility and he has faith and, um, you know, he's, but he's still in the thinking stage. Okay. And if you get this with like the seven of cups, for example, which is a card of decisions. We often will think of this as being like getting stuck in this, like too many decisions thing. Um, so in the three, it's like the next step. What he's doing is overlooking some kind of water. Now, a lot of people think it looks like the desert because it's supposed to be dawn and the lighting is weird, but you can see that the, um, the ships that he's looking out at are leaving him. They're going out from him. And, so, you know, I have a couple tarot books where they say, you know, the ships are coming home. Um, but if you look at them, the wakes are behind the ships and they're, they're like leaving, going away from him. In my opinion, it makes more sense. Like he's had this decision in the two and then he made it because he has one more stick now. <laughs> he's standing on the cliff watching the ships go. And to me, you know, this is him 
finally just putting it out there. You know, we often think of threes as growth cards. You know, we can see this in, in all the threes. There's more than one person. There's more than two people. So like in the two of cups, for example, there's two people getting married in the three. There's the three graces dancing around. So it's growth in that way. There's more people. There's more emotions that it feels good. In the pentacles, you have, you know, the guy balancing in the twos. He's the juggler. Oops. And then in the three, he's, you know, got the artisan, the... um the benefactor and the the monk. So he has the, you know, money and the, the spirituality and he brings the talent. In the three of swords, you know, you have the woman in the two where she's like crossed the swords over her heart. And in the three, she's been betrayed. She has three swords in her heart. Three people of, you know, her, her partner and the third, the third person. Um, in this one, the merchant who's sending out all of his ships, his his group of people, his team, are his third, his second and third, really. It reminds us that we're not supposed to do our work in a vacuum, that we need to collaborate and work with the team. And so this month, starting out with Mercury stationing direct, we can, can start to really connect with others again. And the ones resonate really deeply with the energy of summer and fire and action. So I can't emphasize enough the importance of action in this month. This isn't a planning month. This is a doing month. So this is time when the three says, okay, time to push you out of the nest. It's time to move out of these introverted eclipse times and begin the process of your creative work. So the traditional meaning of this card, three of, of wands, is the end of adversity. And I like that because a lot of times the struggle is just figuring out and making, you know, we have to make the decision then follow through no matter what the outcome is. We're done with like overthinking. We're done with over planning. The two is about decision making. It's about that planning stage. In June, when we work with the three of wands, we have to think about perfectionism as being the enemy. Perfectionism is that need for all elements to be perfect before we act. In the three, you know, it is asking you to get out of this idea because whether we like it or not, and whether we want to admit it or not, the metaphysical community is rife with this punishing idea of perfectionism. Like if things didn't go perfectly as you asked the universe to bring them to you, there's something wrong, defective, or flawed about you. And this is exactly the kind of scarcity thinking that they blame you for. <laughs> so they keep perpetuating by being like, you weren't perfect enough. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't work hard because... Um, being diligent, being hardworking, being self-aware, being self-reflective. Those, those are all, they're important. But, you know, I love this quote. And I think Adam, it's an Adam Grant quote. This is practice can make perfect, but it doesn't make new. And what we're really looking for is new fiery energy, a new spark. So the three is asking you to be creative. It's asking you not to get stuck in a perfectionistic loop. So if you haven't sent your ships out, 
you're supposed to do it. It's hard to be creative. It's hard to take a fresh approach. There's so much out there. There's so much to compare. But you're asked not to compare, but to collaborate. Okay? There's nothing wrong with you if something fails. If you fail, you still get the wisdom of the experience. And that's why it's important to fail. So the three is sending off its ship. It's it's done with toiling. It's done with the editing. It's done with the changing. It's accepting that this is good enough. Because perfect can sometimes be the enemy of good enough. Perfect can sometimes stop a project dead cold. So what you're doing is you're taking risks, putting yourself out there, applying for that job, submitting that writing, knocking down that wall. We're going to do, do, do. It's an active time. So whatever the outcome, you're going to have the wisdom and growth from either failing or succeeding. They both have exactly what you need. So we're not toiling about whether we're going to fail or succeed. That's not the point. The wisdom at the end of this procedure is going to be the point or whatever you're going through. So let's talk about some earth medicine allies you can work with. Now, when I choose these, I just choose cards, so they're random, but they really all fit together very nicely. I love when the medicine that arises is the medicine that's growing invisible uh, to us right now in our neck of the woods. And right now, yarrow is growing abundantly, and it's exactly the, the card that fell out. So it's flowering, it's available, and she came forth as our plant medicine guide for June. Yarrow comes in for boundaries and protection. Yarrow is um, used uh, for courage and strength. It actually used to be carried by soldiers into battle because it is a wonderful coagulant and... Um, it was also thought to bring courage and strength and all of that. So Yarrow does ask you to get out of people-pleasing and move into boundaries for self-care. She works with the auric field. Like selenite, she repairs any nicks or holes or issues that you're having with people invading your personal space. Yarrow is also edible and medicinal, and it's so common that you probably have it in the backyard and don't even know it. You might be confusing it with Queen Anne's lace, and the difference is that Queen Anne's lace has a purple bud right in the middle, whereas Yarrow does not. Um, and it has a distinctively piney smell when you rub the leaves together, whereas when you rub the leaves together for Queen Anne's lace, it smells like carrots because it, it is a wild carrot. So, you know, yarrow is usually growing in our backyards. If you're in North America, it's got a wide range of medicinal uses from coagulating blood to reducing fevers. If you're pregnant, you're asked not to use it. And part of it is because the medicine of yarrow is to help clear um, when you're having your period. Um, so you can eat the entire yarrow plant, the leaves, the, the flowers, the stems, and the roots. Um, when I would spend time with my teacher, Pixie, she would just find yarrow, pull the flower off after making the prayers and asking permission and plop it into her water. Yarrow is slightly bitter, so that's not for everyone, but yarrow has antiseptic and uh, astringent, microbial, and anti-inflammatory um, properties. Um, it's also used as a poultice. The, the leaves are, are ground up into a styptic powder to help stop bleeding. Um, you can also like just chew the leaves and put it right on a wound um, when you're out hiking and that helps to 
um, heal the wound. Uh, yarrow also improves circulation. It's great for the reproductive system. It balances the cycles and regulates med um, menstruation. It's also good for the digestive system. Um, you can use yarrow for herbal salves. You can use it um, for first aid and um, all kinds of like minor cuts and wounds. Um, it's also great for regulating body temperature during fever and you can throw some yarrow leaves into a bath. It's also a diuretic and um, can be taken to combat urinary tract infections. For our crystal allies this month, our first one is zincite. Now, I normally don't recommend man-made crystals, but zincite is actually a favorite. We've had it for a few months um, here and there, but um, it's not really man-made in the way like, say, an aura quartz is, for example. Zincite is actually a result of zinc smelting. It grows on ventilation shafts in zinc smelting furnaces and created basically with a synergy of, like, minerals and human world and i love it because it's super high vibration it's got a really high amplitude it's got a really high creative element it comes in so many colors from deep red to orange to green to yellow you can find some natural zinc eye but it's really relatively rare and the ones that you find on the market are usually from zinc smelting um it does grow in like little points, like little needles. Usually it's really an amazing creative ally. I once gave it to a client who told me she could not sleep with it in her room. So it does have that active fiery energy. It's dynamic. It's awakening. It's active. If you're struggling to find it or it's too pricey, you can always use carnelian or vanadinite as an alternative. They both, all of all three of those stones will activate like creativity and sexuality and and they really reside in the same chakra, the, the sacral chakra. So um, they kind of bring the same flower, fire, not flower. Um, our next ally is hematite. And hematite is a really powerful stone for grounding and protection. Hematite is one of the most abundant stones on the earth. It's often bought polished and shiny and looks metallic and silvery, but it actually is red. It's like a very deep, earthy red. It streaks red on a streak plate. If you ever have done any geology, you geology geeks out there, it also uh, comes out of the earth. Um, this like kind of bricky red. Um, because of this, the Greeks felt it was a stone that embodied the blood of the earth. Um, and as an iron oxide, it's of course, very grounding and protective, but it also could be at the core of the earth, which is a wonderful idea that's like connecting you when you're working with hematite with the depths of the earth and really grounding you. So I use hematite in my practice in the auric field of my clients to strengthen and repair their energy field. It's great for blood issues, for healing in the root, the sacral, and, and again, in, in the energy fields. The next stone that I pulled was lapis lazuli. Now, lapis lazuli right now is considered a sort of blood diamond because most of the world's uh, beautiful, most beautiful, most highly coveted lapis pieces are from Afghanistan. Um, and we found evidence of them coming from Afghanistan for at least 6,000 years. So in spite of it being one of the poorest countries on the earth, geologists value Afghani um 
lapis resources to be about one trillion dollars so um the problem with lapis right now is that the profits are being channeled directly into the pockets of the taliban and the political leaders so you know many of us are not buying it i i certainly am not so i don't buy any new lapis but i have kept the lapis that i own getting rid of the lapis isn't going to help it so we're just you know, using what we have and not buying any new ones. So if you don't have a lapis and you want to do this work with the third eye, use satellite as a, a change. Lapis from Chile, knowing where your lapis comes from can be important um, because Afghan lapis, I'm just going to make sure you understand this, is a conflict mineral. And the more that we demand it, the worse it's going to get. So, um, you can read about this on my mentor, Hibiscus Moon's website, hibiscusmoon.com. She has a lot of great blog posts. And if I said anything about those, I would just be repeating her words. So just go check that out. If you want to work with some other stones, um, again, we're working with these deeply indigo third eye stones. Azurite's a very psychic stone. Uh, iolite is, and you can even combine it with iolite in sunstone or sunstone in iolite, however you want to say it. Um, that's a wonderful one for connecting the sacral and the third eye, which is basically what we're doing with this medicine. Um, blue kyanite is wonderful. Um, iolite uh, with sunstone, I already said that. Um, blue satellite, um, and those are great alternatives. And I'm sure you can think of some more. Azurite's very, very strong and also hard to find. So I, you know, suggest it with that disclaimer. Now for our animal medicine of the month, raccoon came forward. And raccoon is a native of the Americas. It's also one of the most intelligent animals. Uh, raccoon has always been kind of considered a thief and a... Um, a bandit because it has the bandit mask on um but actually raccoon is a nocturnal scavenger so um you know some people see them during the day that's fine um but they're very clever they've learned how to adapt to our human world and our man-made environment so they have opposable thumbs they can open things they can um like get into bottles and cardboard boxes and all kinds of things. People keep them as pets um, because they are so highly intelligent. They even know how to like open doors sometimes because they have an opposable thumb. Um, so raccoon's wisdom includes understanding the nature of mass and disguise. They are all about dexterity. They seek wisdom. We've talked about this already. Um, they question without fear and they balance their curiosity and shape-shifting um, and secrecy. So uh, they're playful, they're curious, they're um, really adaptable and flexible. Um, they live on the outskirts of human dwellings so they can get food easily. And they're, you know, nocturnal animals that live on trees during the day and hunt in noisy packs at night. Um, spiritually, you know, raccoon really works with, um, living in harmony with yourself in relation to the word world. Um, it's how we observe our own ego, um, and what mass we put on to try to fit in or not fit in. Um, it 
you know, Raccoon can teach us how to do that, how to work with transformation and, and changing our masks. So we'll really be deep diving into Raccoon Medicine and the Guided Shamanic Journey this month if you're a membership subscriber. Um, you know, I just want to say some words about my membership tiers. Um, there are all levels, you know, and it starts, I think the lowest is 20 bucks. Um, but if you're really connected to my readings and would like more at the new moon, full moon, and the guided shamanic journey, there's always alternatives. Just check my website, angieinks.com. In the upcoming months, I'm going to hopefully do some more fun things for our members, but I do have a lot of free content, including monthly readings and blog posts and newsletter and um, I create tarot layouts and blog posts about crystals and tarot and soul work. Um, there, as a scribe member, you get more content. But if you ever want to just support my work, you don't need any extra things, but just feel like, oh man, I get a lot from Angie's work. I do always have a donate button on my website, on the blog section. Um, it just helps to contribute to my research, my creative work, and my future offerings. Um, it's not necessary, but if you have the financial means and want to support a creator, you can do that. So June's going to be a busy month. It's going to be a busy month for me personally, so I may be limiting my readings and healing sessions for a time, but in general, um, I just want you to know how much I appreciate you. Um, I will also be teaching a course with Hibiscus Moon Crystal Academy for crystal practitioners and crystal healers called Advanced Body Layout. So if you're interested, go join the waitlist at Hibiscus Moon and receive more info. So I really appreciate your support. Abrazos and have a great June. Thanks for listening to Centered with me, Angie Yankst. If you'd like to send me a question or comment about this show or any shows, you can send them to angie at themoonandstone.com.